Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. Here's your warning. I'm Ashley. I'm Alex. And I stopped playing Animal Crossing for this. (laughs) Welcome to the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, so today the Huga is mandatory. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny when you said that last night. (laughs) Because we can't leave the house. We're stuck here. I mean, technically I'm still working uh, beyond the borders of our home. (laughs) I've been at home all week, friends. Um, I'm hoping I get to come home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It's it's weird, but anyway, um, we're a little Hugo today. We're we're a little Hugo. Comfy got, clothes. Comfy clothes. I've got my sleepy time vanilla. It's great. We've What's got the candle? one of the last candles left. I think it's the one you got for me for Christmas from oh. Target. Oh yes. I don't remember the scent. I don't either, but we'll it's Opal House. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll be smelling it, whatever it is. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the smell happens. It hadn't been burned yet, so that's exciting. It's the first. It's a virgin candle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me your tell me your five minute masters. Have you heard of the in- Inca stones? Or sorry, yeah, I think it's called the Inca stones, but it looks like it says Ica stones. I- hmm. Ica? Well, I thought it was Inca. I don't know. Anyway, I- the Ica stones is what Wikipedia says, but I watched a video on it. And I think he said Inca, and so I'm not sure. Ah. But they're a collection of andesite stones found in. Ica province, Peru, that bear a variety of diagrams. I wonder if Ica is like the more sort of regionally accurate pronunciation Versus and the... Inca is more the like white yeah. people way of saying it. Yeah. Well, I am white people, so <laughs> yeah. welcome. <laughs> welcome to our white, white podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, and they supposedly have depictions of dinosaurs uh, and alleged <laughs> advanced technologies. Oh, fun. I love it. Um, so, um, a Peruvian physician, uh, was presented a stone from some locals and I think him and his family sort of got like super obsessed with them and then bought like 11,000. 11,000. Supposedly they came from this cave. This sounds like so much bullshit. There wouldn't be 11,000 of them if they were all in a cave. How big are they? They're, um, like... Here, let me show you a picture. Yeah. Like, okay, that doesn't really show too much, but they're like from this size to this size. So like coconut size to beach ball size? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So <laughs> they're hoaxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the video I watched um, was talking about how uh, many have used the, this, these stones as evidence of man coexisting, coexisting with... with dinosaurs. But all of the depictions of the dinosaurs on the stones are um, our 50s knowledge and pre and pre that oh. knowledge of dinosaurs. So like... They're inaccurate dinosaurs. So like T-Rex with its tail on the ground. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're inaccurate dinosaurs and also the guy who made them <laughs> admitted he made them. Well then, there you go. But they're neat. Like they're really well done. They're cute. Fun. They're fun. Um, and so he, the guy who made them, he admitted that in order to sort of uh, give them a uh, patina, he uh, 
put covered them in shit and cooked them. All right, that's yeah. one way to do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. Stain um, them real good. Just stain them, cause yeah, it's like a dark stone, but you need to be able to like, you had to, you have to fake age it. Right, otherwise it would look fresh cut. Yeah, exactly. Um, hmm. So, Never okay. would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not really a lot of images of. I guess there's some. There's some dinosaurs. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see these. Oh yeah, no way. I mean, cute. There fun. were even Im- some of them of like people riding pterosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Look how cute these ones are. Oh, I want to put that in my baby's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great decoration. Yeah. Um. So that's fun. That is fun. Yeah. Well, I'm going to continue our series of wacky paleontology. I love wacky paleontology. It's my favorite genre. Yes. So uh, we t- I talked previously about that big elk skull. <laughs> Before that, we had those cra- the crazy made-up unicorn. Uh-huh. Today, I'm going to tell you about the wonder chicken. <laughs> I'm so excited. So it's a, it's a fossil that was found. I'm surprised it's not wonder chicken. Wonder chicken. Yeah, it is the oldest fossil of a modern bird ever found. It's 67 million years old, um, and it seems it's uh, seems to be the ancestor to modern chickens. Um, but it also shares some features with ducks, so it's sort of a duck chicken. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Look all, no, I, Wonder Chicken is such a perfect name I that know. I can't. Um, so the uh, scientific name is, and I'm going to try to pronounce it, Asteriornis mustrictensis. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it, sure. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, and it survived the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs like um, a handful of avian dinosaurs did. By the way, look it up. Birds are dinosaurs, scientifically speaking. It's not that they're descended from dinosaurs. They're scientifically classified as dinosaurs. I love that. Um, so it was uh, the fossil included a perfectly pre- preserved skull and some limbs discovered inside a small rock in Belgium. Um, it was uh, marine sediment rock which uh, indicates that perhaps it was a, a shorebird. It had very long legs mm-hmm. and was found in marine sediment, so it probably hung out around that area. Um, yeah, they, at first they were like, ah, it's just some bones. And they were like, well, wait, these bones seem really, really old. So they did an x-ray and they found a skull. Uh, <laughs> I love this quote uh, from... Uh, Let's see, who's this person? Field. Um, Daniel Field, a vertebrate paleontologist at the University of Cambridge, said, the timeline was, see the skull, scream, holy shit, give my PhD student a high five, and then start calling it the Wonder Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it had wings, a beak, and was roughly quail-like in size. So a little small. A little bit small. Um... It has sort of a chicken-like beak, which means that it ate, uh, had a really varied diet. Chickens have a beak that's not especially specialized mm-hmm. so that it can eat anything. <laughs> so this guy probably ate anything. Like bugs and fish and Plants. Rocks. rocks. <laughs> probably rocks. Um, but then also some of the skull bones are sort of duck-like as well. Uh, probably a shorebird. 
and uh, apparently it is one of the most important bird fossils that has been found in quite some time. Uh, I wonder if that's another quote. Yeah, it like, is. Like, the paleontologist you found is like, you guys, mine's the most important one. This is one of the most important birds ever. Ever. And I found it in Belgium. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently they... Uh, they said it raises the intriguing possibility that small size and a shoreline habitat may have helped these birds survive the end Cretaceous extinction, while other large animals, like the ferocious dinosaurs, went extinct. So that's the wonder chicken. And love I love it. him. Here, you want to see a, I see. The, the artist's rendering of yeah, the wonder chicken with a dead dinosaur in the background? <laughs> it, it's adorable. Yeah. It just looks like a tall quail with like... A chickeny beak. A chickeny, but also slightly ducky beak. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is a dead dinosaur getting eaten by other birds. Yeah, they lived. That, that ichthyosaur fucking died. It died. Yeah, it's really not. I've never seen a beached ichthyosaur. I don't like it. <laughs> All right, we did that. So, as we've said, we've been kind of cooped up. Uh, as, as many are. As many are. Not complaining, you know. I, I mean, I want everyone to stay inside. Stay safe. We're doing our best to be safe and conscientious. And so we've been sitting at home watching adventure movies. <laughs> Ground your grandparents, by the way. That's Ground my... your grandparents. Ground your parents. Yes. Ground everybody. Yes. Nobody leave. Everyone's grounded. Everyone. Uh, but we've been watching really fun, swashbuckling, adventuring movies. And some not fun ones. Well, mediocre. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> So we began our swashbuckling adventure yeah. with the Count of Monte Cristo. One one fateful night. One fateful night. I was just, you you read a quote from the movie on Twitter and I was like that movie fucking rules and you're like Yeah. Let's watch it. We did. We did. You hadn't seen it in quite a while. Quite a while. And yeah. I I watched all I watch it a lot. <laughs> so I love this movie <laughs> very very much. Uh but it is just one of the cleverest most entertaining movies mm -hmm. in the world tell me what you think about it alex i'm very tired suddenly <laughs> you got we're here and you gotta be here i'm here energy <laughs> energy yeah. maybe you should be drinking tea you uh, want yeah. one of those caffeinated seltzers oh, you know we what? Have? i'm gonna go get a caffeinated all right seltzer. we're gonna pause oh, right let's here. tell people about the caffeinated seltzer actually actually get it and then we'll tell them okay <laughs> All right, tell us about this beverage you've cracked into. So this is um, a, a new sparkling beverage brand from Coca-Cola Company. Mm -hmm. It's called Aha. You can find it at Anywhere, most grocery stores now. they're just like blitzing everyone yeah. with it. And we saw this brand and we thought, these are some intriguing flavors. Yes, they have some normal ones. They've got like a lemon or a citrus green, green tea. Which is, I mean, I don't know, that's very interesting. And like... The one I got was um, honey peach. Mm -hmm. That was good. Most of them are sort of normal like that. Yeah, where it's like, oh, that's kind of an interesting combo, but not too out there. And the 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 green tea one does have caffeine in it, which it is does. new to. And it was pretty yummy. Mm -hmm. I liked it. But then the one that's been staring us. It's just been plaguing our minds. <laughs> so I had to purchase it. Is uh, how do they word it? Black cherry plus coffee. Yes, that's right, folks. It is a seltzer that has a coffee flavor in it. Or at least it says it, it does. It purports to. Um, 
And I've had it before. I had it the other day. Mm-hmm. So the way I taste it, my mm-hmm. palate, it tastes exactly like the red Tootsie Roll Pop. Yeah, and I, I definitely see what you mean with that. Um, I get less Tootsie Roll. It's sort of like a, a richer aftertaste. The cherry is really the front of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a less sort of tart or cloying cherry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's It's deeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like huh. a, I mean, it's black cherry. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a black maraschino cherry. Yeah, except it doesn't have any sweetener in it, so. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's decent. I wouldn't tell people not to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the can. <laughs> I wouldn't warn you against it. <laughs> All right. Not my stomach. <laughs> so let's talk about Edmond Dantes. Let's so, talk about... Guy Pierce being the smarmiest, worst man alive. Yeah, it's fun. And there's like montages. Like there's the, the montage where he's learning the, things. Yeah, the learning and training with, with Richard Harris, with Richard my favorite Harris. old man. And he's like, oh, and I love the the water where he's trying to like be a fast duelist. And he's Try, like, trying to, trying to swipe, sweep his hand under the water droplets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a classic scene. Yeah. And... What was really getting us watching this, and what gets me every time, is just the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just top-notch. Just top-notch, quotable shit. It's very good stuff, mm-hmm. y'all. You gotta watch The Count of Monte Cristo with Jim Caviezel. It will rock your world. Also, the guy who wrote it... Yeah, okay, we need to look up this gentleman's name, because he's a revelation. So he has only written and produced, like, game show... Reality Lots of show. game shows. Um, <laughs> this is his only film. Well, until. <laughs> until, So yeah. in 2002, what, what's his name? Um, Jay Wolpert. Well, he sh- Jay Wolpert shares screenplay credit with Alexandre Dumas. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who wrote the damn book. Um, yeah, he's an American television producer and screenwriter. Purportedly 120 years old. <laughs> Don't know about that. Yeah, Google. Very little um, information about this guy online, but Google claims he is still living and is 120 years old. One of those things can't be true. <laughs> He's either dead or younger than that. Or younger than but that. he was started out. Apparently, his he was on Jeopardy in the 60s, um, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But he worked as a producer and creator of game shows. Um, he produced The Price is Right and Double Dare. <laughs> yeah, he's an icon. Yeah. And, and he uh, there was a failed syndication pilot based on the board game Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he worked on Pyramid, Family Feud. Like, this guy did it all. And then he wrote the screenplay for The Count of Monte Cristo, and received a story credit for all films of, wait for it, The Pirates of the Caribbean. And once I learned that, I was like, of course, the same guy who did The Count of Monte Cristo did Pirates. Mm -hmm. Of course that's true. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, I know how to turn that ride into a movie. And And they're like, what? Apparently... In Diane Keaton, or in the, the uh, movie Father of the Bride, he played Diane Keaton's OBGYN. 
Well, there you go. If you need a visual of what yeah, he looks there, like. there he is. Um, so, so we love this man's work. <laughs> I mean, just and it's just such a charming movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a fun, fun time. And like you know that if they made this thing now, they'd have to put in some Hemsworth in it. Yeah, there's a Hemsworth for they'd every have character. There'd be a Hemsworth in there. You, it would be like you know, um, Fernand would be like more sympathetic, and like he'd be like, "Well, my father abused me," you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, he's just a the jealous. Bad guy. He's a, he's an envious little shit, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Like he sucks and is bad. Yeah. We don't have to give him some deep, you know, important and, and sympathetic motivation. His motivation is that he can't be satisfied. He can't yeah. be satisfied. And for no good reason, he just can't be satisfied. Yeah. And that's great. It's so good to just have a villain. Can we just have a villain sometimes? Also, just like casually, Napoleon's there. <laughs> they just meet Napoleon briefly. It's great. <laughs> They meet Napoleon briefly. They have a Just fun on chat. on his exiled island. They have a chat, and then Edmund gets tricked because he's a gullible little sea bumpkin. <laughs> and it's, and and the whole movie, Mercedes is just whispering every line. Edmund, I just, I love you, Edmund. And then she yells like twice in the movie, and it's so <laughs> shocking. And guess who, remember who's in it? Henry Cavill? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't I've watched this movie like 20 times and I did not realize until this week <laughs> that Henry Cavill plays the son. He's a baby Cavill playing a sweet-faced baby boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's remarkable. And he looks like if you shrunk Henry Cavill a he little does. bit. He does. He just looks like a little tiny Cavill. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a brave and stupid little boy, and yeah. I love him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I suppose we probably don't have too much to talk about with Cannon Monte Cristo. This is just sort of where it's just a movie that you, if you haven't watched it, you got bar- we'll borrow it or like okay, just find it. Go out and steal it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's really good. I'm not liable, by the way. Yeah, we didn't actually recommend you do that. We take. No responsibility for, for your, your actions. Your stir crazy quarantine actions. So then, you've been home watching all the pirates movies. I've been home watching all the pirates movies because one, we found out about this cool guy, yeah. and I was like, "Oh man, I love those movies." At least I did. I need to go back and revisit them. I need to tell you something, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> when I when when we were young. You know, some kids had Lord of the Rings movies. Some, many kids had the Harry Potter movies. I liked both of those very, very much. But for me, it was pirates. It was my thing. It was so much my thing. (laughs) I had a pirate costume that I put together myself. I wore regularly in high school. Uh, the the county fair had like a pirate theme at one year. I wore my pirate costume to the county fair with all my friends who were also wearing pirate costumes. We wore these costumes to the film premieres. This was a way of life for us. We were it was a pirate's life for me. <laughs> 
So, it's been quite a while since I've actually rewatched them, though. And so I was like, "What? What was I on? Like, what mm-hmm. is this rat actually good?" You know, I'd watched the first one since then, and like everybody knows that movie's that yeah. movie's good. Yeah. It's good. It's fun. It's it's a fun, serviceable, entertaining action adventure for the whole family. Mm-hmm. But then the next two get a little wet and wild. <laughs> And I was like, all right, I remembered liking the second one the least. Mm-hmm. Going back, I fucking love it. I I'm like, going to jar of dirt. It's so good and fun and funny mm-hmm. and stupid, and it's good for that. Like, all right, let's talk about what pirates are. What are pirates? They're <laughs> So they're like... Anti-capitalist these freedom movies, fighters. These movies, especially two and three, are so deeply anti-capitalist, I can't even take it. It's incredible. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like They're all Robin Hood. Yes, every pirate is Robin Hood. Just drink drunk so Robin Hood. Stinky drunk Robin Hood. <laughs> and like, so the first one, sort of the... The, it's about greed. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, like, the main villain is Barbosa, obviously. And sort of the issue was that they... And he's got his very good speech to Elizabeth uh, over dinner <laughs> when he's telling her about the curse. And it's mm-hmm. like, we were too greedy. And so they were cursed with want, you know, they mm-hmm. took the gold and it, and then they could never be set. They were supernaturally unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, yeah. I mean, that's definitely sort of a thing, like, about pirates. It's like, yeah, you're greedy and you take and you steal and you're selfish. And then they can never be, you know, the sort of Sisyphean mm-hmm. desire. Um, and then, you know, you've got Norrington there just to sort of stir the pot. He's not really a villain. He's mm. just sort of... An opposing force. Yeah. Um, but then we get around to number two, and we've got the East India Trading Company. Yes. Which is a real thing mm-hmm. and a bad thing. <laughs> and Beckett is a super duper villain. Mm-hmm. Okay, Davy Jones gets like pathos you know he has his reasons and his his hurt not at first in the the second one he is just sort of a monster he is a monster but he's not defeated until the third one and by then we sympathize with him oh he was he was in love with the ocean heartbroken and and he He let it cut out him heart he cut out him heart She who love him. Oh, so good. Tia Dama's my favorite. She's so good. She's so as good. soon as I saw her in the second one, I was like, I'm obsessed. She's I'm obsessed. perfect. She's so cool. Yes. Um, but, you know, we we sympathize with him. Yes. We feel bad for him. He's ultimately a bad person making bad choices. But, like, you care. Beckett gets nothing. <laughs> he just gets blown to he bits. He gets blown to shit. And, he, and we're like, yes. Kill this man and everyone on his boat. Even though he does nothing actually bad? Well, okay. He's the one controlling Davy Jones. That's true. He's the one who wants to rid the entire sea of pirates. And as we have come to understand, being a pirate isn't wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's good. It's good. And they actually have a government? They have a pirate government. Being a pirate is a good thing. They're not bad guys. There's a code. There's a code. And they deserve rights. <laughs> pirate rights pirate for me. Rights. <laughs> pirate rights. <laughs> pirate Like, seriously, the the murderous, cursed fish pirates get to live under the command of Will Turner. Beckett's entire crew gets... Not crew, fleet. Fleet. Well, it's... Oh, no, because he goes up to He sails between the two, and they just explode his ship from Mm -hmm. both sides. He can do nothing, Mm -hmm. because he has sort of like a... A Javert mental breakdown at that moment where I he's just it. like, this can't be possible. And they're like, sir, what do we do? Sir, they're attacking. And he's just like, it's just good business. And then he slowly he walks, down, walks the down the staircase dramatically as it explodes behind him. And they all die for being capitalists. And granted, fuck the East India Trading Company and everything they ever did. But like, that's the real bad guy. Not the supernatural monster pirate. Who's clogging the underworld drain. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He's just a heartbroken sad boy who who lost his way. Mm-hmm. Beckett is a monster. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like, we start these movies out with it being like, oh, well, you're a pirate. You know, it's like, you, you p- pirates are untrustworthy and sometimes you gotta work with them in order to, and it's like, you know, it's sort of a, like, ends justify the means yeah. kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes you gotta get a little dirty and yeah. engage in piracy. I, I think... And then by the end, you're the king of the pirates. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> in the first movie, uh, you know, I think it's Governor Swan that says, like, perhaps sometimes... Uh, you know, one must engage in a little piracy to do the right thing. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Governor Swan says this, and it's like, ah, yes, sometimes you just gotta be a pirate. By the end, it's like, everyone should be a pirate. <laughs> it's the best thing you can be. Don't you dare infringe upon the pirate's rights. Also, release the sea goddess. Release the sea goddess. And she'll swallow you whole. In the maelstrom. It's yes. great. So, like, pirates aren't, in this universe, pirates aren't what real-life pirates are. We've gone beyond even Treasure Island. Well, I would say, in the later films, they are what they are, but we're just placed firmly behind them as Mm -hmm. opposed to facing them. Yeah. It it is interesting how it transforms with the series, because, like you said, the first one, it's like... All right, you know they're Aww. those rascals. Yeah. Like it's it, they're lovable and friendly, but they are villainous. Yeah. And then in the second so, two, they're the protagonists. They are the heroes of the story, and we're meant to believe in them. And then and then in four, four which we tried, we tried to rewatch. It doesn't. It's nowhere. It doesn't exist. I mean, you have to pay for it. Or own it. Like already. we're gonna do that. Yeah, and own it. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> um. I mean, it's fine. I want to rewatch it, yeah. um, but not to pay money to do so. <laughs> yeah. That one's, you know, showing you, like, there are good pirates and bad pirates. Right. You've got Blackbeard, who's a bad pirate, who yeah. does piracy to pirates. <laughs> and then in five, oh. they're just robbing the bank? Yeah, they rob... From people? Well, yeah. So they rob a bank, 
a brand new bank. And that's just our fun, wacky opening adventure. Like, that's nothing. It's it's It has no impact on anything. That's just our set piece. But illegal. Illegal. And They're bad. stealing. And they, yeah, I mean, they've been, you know, we know. Jack, and in this movie, for some reason, Jack Sparrow is just, like, charging people for things. Which is not a, a trait he had before. He's trying to get money. Because he doesn't to, like, have any money. Pay him for his time. It's very weird. <laughs> Not a thing that's been in these movies before, and I don't he's know that I can. He's just down on his luck, and he, he's trying to get everything. He's always down time. on his luck, though. That's yeah. that's Jack Sparrow. He's not Jack Sparrow if he's not down on his luck. Yeah. But he, in the first movie, he was at rock bottom, and he wasn't charging people for his time. <laughs> like, he's just turned into... He's turned into a capitalist. He's turned into an old capitalist! Oh my god, Jack Sparrow's a boomer now. <laughs> That'll be the sixth one. <laughs> oh no! Uh, there is a sixth one. They're it's making on the it. Way. They're making it. Uh, so the the fifth one. The fifth one. It doesn't have a point. It doesn't have a plot. That's for sure. It barely has a plot. It it sa- it has nothing to say. Yeah. You know, maybe the first three are saying some pretty wild things, especially two and three. But they're saying something. They're, you know, it's kind of like Braveheart with pirates. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. you you can't you can't rein us in. We will not be, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. But in five, it's like, oh, turns out your dad stole this journal from Galileo, and then he has this weird island where he set up all these crystals, or they were growing there naturally. I don't think he did. That. It's not clear what this <laughs> island is. There's some island that is a perfect. Reflection, reflection of the night sky. of the heavens. And it's not really explained how it came to be. Because see, that's the thing about these pirates movies. There's a backstory to all the wild shit they throw in. It's like, here's this sort of pirate reference. And we're going to give you a little bit of backstory to explain how it came to be. Yeah. Oh, there's the Isla de Muerta where the cursed treasure of Cortez is kept. Great. That's plenty. Whereas this one, it's... Oh, there's an island that's a field of stars that leads to Poseidon's grave. Poseidon's tomb. Tomb. Which it's like, none of it, it's not explained, like, it's just like, you know, Poseidon's tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poseidon's tomb. Yeah. You know the island that's a perfect reflection of the heavens? Yeah. That's a thing. Like, what? You can't just say that. You can't just say that. Like, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, how did it get there? The whole movie, they're trying to get the trident. Like, even... Yeah, they're trying to get Poseidon's trident to break every curse in the sea. <laughs> but I don't think... They, they don't explain that, though. They don't explain anything! They, they, they What they say is, um, What's-His-Face wants to get the trident to break his dad's curse. So yeah, you can Henry. assume... You can assume that the trident has the ability or the strength to make it so yeah, you can lift the curse. it controls the seas in yeah. some way. And it's like, fine, Poseidon's trident controls the seas. Yeah. So okay. then everybody else wants it because they want to control the sea. It's the MacGuffin of the film. It's the MacGuffin of the many MacGuffins. Yeah. Man, Jack's compass is like the MacGuffin to end all MacGuffins. It's the MacGuffin MacGuffin. Yeah. It's the MacGuffin you need to get the MacGuffin. Whatever that is. What a wild... <laughs> item that is yeah uh and it's not it's it's given a backstory and yet we still don't know where it came from so we give it they give a backstory in this movie he sells it because all he has left for a beer yeah or, or rum of rum, course rum. um and then this witch gets it this witch 
New witch, bold witch. She's very cool. Not a. She's just there hanging out with the navy. <laughs> so she's like in cahoots with the navy slash imprisoned at her own will. With I don't know. I don't know what the arrangement is. But she gets the compass, and then. Also, Benicio del Toro wants the compass. Not Benicio del Toro. I don't know anybody's names. <laughs> you know me. Benicio del Toro is in um, Star Wars. He's the 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 code breaker. I get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> Javier Bardem. Thank you. Benicio del Toro. That's very. Um, now I'm just imagining. Captain Salazar being played by Benicio del Toro, and that very is different. wild, <laughs> just wild. Doctor Gonzo playing. Ooh, anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> so he wants it so that he can find Jack. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Did he want the trident? He wanted the trident. Yeah, but he had to get the compass. Well, he wanted to find Jack. Jack, so he could kill him. To kill Jack, also to get his compass. Yeah. To find the trident. Like, everybody's motivations suck Yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, also, we could barely hear the movie because we watched it on the TBS app, and apparently it's the quietest app on Earth. We normally keep our, our TV volume around the, you know, 10 to 15 volume range. That's what's reasonable mm-hmm. on our TV. We had this almost up to 100. That is, in, and we were still kind of like, what yeah, are they like, saying? What? I kept asking. Yeah, we couldn't hear anything. It was really weird. Yeah. Uh, so it was hard to follow and very hard to want to follow. It really, really sucked. And we haven't even mentioned the female protagonist. <laughs> Katarina? Was that her name? Maybe. Katarina Smith. Eventually, Katarina Barbosa. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> Turns out she's Barbosa's long lost daughter. He put her in an orphanage. With a priceless artifact. Yeah. So he's, he had to have impregnated somebody right around just after, after the, the third movie because because katarina's got to be around the same age, age as, as, henry, as henry who is the only child of will and elizabeth because she's definitely not precursor yeah, it's it's got to be right around. She's not oh, like yeah. thirty. Right, right. <laughs> she's she's right around the time that the third movie ended. Like mm-hmm. he was boning down shortly after Will and Elizabeth did, or even like right after he's brought back to life. I yeah, true. She could be older than Henry. It's not clear, yeah, but like they're like they're bit. they're approximately the same yeah. age. They're approximately. And he when did he he wouldn't have had time. Because, like, Tia Dalma brought him back, I mean, before the, the end of the third movie. Because Tia Dalma brought him back to life. And then he just went on this adventure to save Jack. And then all that happened. He had no opportunity between movies two and three to bone down. I don't know. I mean, certainly no time to put a baby in an orphanage. Yeah. Maybe he boned down and then after the movie she was born. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, Barbosa fucks. Barbosa. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> Clearly, Barbosa fucks. We knew that from the, se- the second we met him. 
He's the best character. He's the best. He's really good in this, but then he dies, which sucks. You know what? I don't think he is really good in this. He's probably not dead. He's definitely dead. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Rush is done with these movies. You never know. They let him be dead. Let him be dead. He died already. Let him die for real. Or maybe give him a better one. This is a bad one. Yeah, it was a bad death, but I, 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 I think and I hope that it's at least real. (laughs) Yeah. Also, in order to, so they get the trident, and you can like move water with it. It like uh, Ten Commandments style parts the sea. Yeah, and then once you like get it, you can like. Yeah. Spread water. With Spread water, uh, but. But then they're like, "Oh, I get it. You have to break it. It's break like, the trident." Says who? Yeah, you just decide. You just made that up. There's no logic. There's no logic, and There's then breaking it breaks every curse. The ocean every has- curse in the ocean. So Will Turner's back on land, and. And Henry's gonna have a new baby sibling. <laughs> yep, and and then. The ghost guys are all human again. Yeah, they, go- they died. Yeah, okay. This is a this is a dumb. Okay, so Captain Salazar and his crew died due to Jack Sparrow's wily trickery. <laughs> he ran them aground, and they exploded in lava or something. And they all died in a terrible fiery explosion. Now they are ghost pirates haunting the sea, hunting down Jack Sparrow. Uh, God, that scene was stupid, but. <laughs> Like the rest of the movie. But I think there's more to it because he tricks them into this special triangle thing. It's not the Bermuda Triangle. It's like a special weird island triangle It's a special magic island. And they crash in there and there's like an undersea volcano that murders them. And then they're stuck there until he gives away the compass. I don't know. And then it like breaks apart and they're freed. But, but... I don't understand, but like, why they, are they linked to the compass? Why are they linked to the compass? And like, they had already attacked another ship before that it point went in, in the there. movie. It went oh, in there. it went in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're haunting this rock. This is a very specific place. Which is fine. Ghosts tend to do that. Ghosts <laughs> tend to haunt specific places. So if they're haunting the region that they were run aground, fine. But what does this have to do... Why does the compass... Why does Jack Sparrow no longer owning the compass... I don't understand the connection there. That's the day he received the compass. But it doesn't have... It doesn't relate. At least if it does, I missed it because it was so stupid I couldn't pay attention to it. Maybe he took it it from Salazar? No. No. The guy that was on his pirate ship had it. And then they like bequeathed it to Jack. Weird young face Jack was given the compass. Mm -hmm. They're like, Jack, you must take the compass now. Right, you're the captain. Yeah. And they give him all of his stuff that day. That's the day Jack Sparrow got all of his important items. They were given to him the day he became Captain Jack Sparrow. It's not just stuff that he owns. They're very important items that were given to him as tribute. One day. (laughs) One day, all at once. Which supports the fact that he wants tribute now. Yeah. Except for not at all. Not at all. Uh... And anyway, the ghosts the, come back so to they, life. They literally died. That they and many of them are missing most of their bodies. Yes, they are. They and they legitimately their human bodies died that day. But when their curse is broken, they don't move on into the afterlife. They just come back alive to die again. They died. Yeah, they get drowned. They're, like, why did they come back? It only to die. Movie. To show us that the curse was broken. So stupid. 
It's like maybe yeah, their revenge them, was, or like their yeah, they're not cursed to be ghosts anymore, and they can float away to wherever. Yeah, those zombie sharks though. Zo- <laughs> and the whale bones wedding. Whale bones wedding. Why did all? It felt like somebody trying to write a pirates movie it didn't feel like a real pirates movie yeah it felt like somebody being like what else would be in a pirates movie and just throwing it all in poorly and writing bad dialogue about it and also why are there zombie sharks and ghost pirates and not ghost sharks yeah why are the sharks why do they even have sharks were there sharks hanging around that magic island when they died that got like i mean that's what i would assume but why would there be zombies not ghosts because these ghosts don't have any bones showing but the zombie sharks did they definitely look like undead like rotten up sharks yeah they looked more like the aztec gold curse pirates yes so it's like like rotting flesh where's where's what's the truth what movie (laughs) explain america explain it's it's just and here's the the real the real truth it's a bad movie yeah it's a bad movie. Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush are sleepwalking. Our leads have no charisma. And like, I'm not And gonna, not good writing for yeah, them Yeah, I'm not going to put it on them because they were given nothing to work with. Yeah. They were given nothing to work with. Like, uh, I feel like Javier Bardem was the one who was showing up hardest. And it was He was, was fucking not- walking with his sword. Yeah. He was, he, he was like using his cane and his sword as like, um, what yeah. are they, like, like crutches. Those, like crutches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And he was all floaty. He was cool. I mean, he was cool. And he, he had a lot of black stuff in his mouth the Lots whole movie. of gross black stuff just spewing out of him. Which, like, only emphasized his accent. Yeah. Jack Sparrow. Oh, <laughs> we say this with all of the love in our hearts for Javier Bardem. We love you very, very much. Yes. Your accent is very cool and And we know and it was sexy. a choice for that movie because, you know, you can change your accent yes. little bits and yeah he's, and he's just tr- like he's that. trying to sound really extra spanish and dead dead in spanish and he did it <laughs> he did it he, he nailed it nailed that yeah he was the oh one... also their boat eats people their boat eats people the only good part of the whole movie <laughs> is that the boat lifts up and like opens a... like a caterpillar <laughs> and, and just, just like snap. <laughs> chomps down on another boat and it's great. I love seeing it. That's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> Nothing else in this movie was anything that I wanted. Yeah. But that was. Boats eating boats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so insane. It almost sounds like a fever dream that we're describing. Like somebody had like a three night consecutive nightmare about Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> they wrote and this the is literally play. what happened. Like <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like zombie or ghost birds? <laughs> oh God, yeah, they had the birds too. And we're not sure if they were crows or seagulls. It's not clear. They were dark. Yeah, but they're but they're <laughs> zombies, rotten maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Did the birds fight? The birds like flew in and like did I stuff. Got you. Yeah. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We> got you. <ya. laughs> And then we watched a good Javier Bardem movie. We did. Because I was like, because you were like, well, that accent is sexy. And I'm like, okay, we need to watch the good one. Uh-huh. And we watched Skyfall. We watched Skyfall. It's the the only Daniel Craig 007 that I've watched in its entirety. And this was your first time watching it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's good. It was very good. So, and it's pretty gay. Very gay. It's so gay. It's very gay. It's gay. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed it. Yes. You uh, tweeted about it. You saw it. You saw. You follow us. You do. You do. We know you do. We know you do. Don't make us name you. <laughs> so... Yeah, I feel like, so you wanted to talk about this, and I, I, I assume it was because you want to talk about sort of the, the, the queer-coded villain. Yeah, so um, generally we're not happy when villains are queer-coded. Yeah, and sometimes we reclaim them, you sometimes know. Sometimes we reclaim them. Ursula, Scar, we love them. Yeah. But it, it's, it's just too frequent. That yeah. It's just like, oh, we know he's creepy, because he's sort of femme. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Creepy because he's femme and because he's going to get the He's going to get you. He's going to get you. And there's that in this, but... But it's there's, good. There, but there's a repartee? Yeah. That's sort because, of back and forth. Well, because it's like, you know, James Bond has had this sort of sexy back and forth with female villains. Yeah. That's a normal thing. It's that... But with a dude. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a well-established trope within the 007 franchise that you have your sexy European villain who flirts with James Bond. This time it's Javier Bardem. Yes. And it's, he's blonde and great. He's blonde and great. And he, like, touches his thighs. And it would be creepy except for James is, like... Bring it on. Yeah, whatever. Like, you're going to intimidate me? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've done it before. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> he's like, ooh. Oh, Mr. Bond. Let's go to the courtyard and kill your girlfriend. <laughs> slash our, girl. our, our shared girlfriend. Yeah. Gotta love it, though, because it's the thing is, Silva isn't gay. He's bisexual. Yeah. And that's never the case. Yeah. He's, they're never bi. And also heavily implies that James Bond, rightly so, is also bisexual. Or at least professionally bisexual. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he yeah. has to seduce people from time to time and mm-hmm. he can't afford to discriminate. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are Silvas in the world. Exactly. You have to disarm them. <laughs> can't disarm Silva. No. He's so good though, but I, I like I, on one hand, like okay, he's great. He's a great example of like a queer villain done well. Mm-hmm. Also, though, it's like his whole thing is mommy issues. <laughs> like, but that's that's, what the, that's what the movie itself is about. It too, is, though. it is because yeah. James also has mommy issues. Yeah. they both. It's all mommy issues. Yeah. all the way down. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, because his yeah and, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But his whole motivation is mommy. Mm-hmm. He's mad at mommy. Not mad at mommy. <laughs> Sounds like a, one of those like late '90s like games that is all plastic, and you have to like hit, hit a button. And oh like, yeah! Like don't wake daddy. Don't wake. <laughs> mad at mommy. <laughs> mad at mommy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Skyfall is a great James Bond movie because it's about James Bond movies. Yeah. A, it's it's a the question of what the franchise's place is in this world mm-hmm. discussed within sort of the meta of the film mm-hmm. and it's great yeah uh, uh it's too bad that they followed it up with a not very good movie <laughs> it's really a shame uh 
But yeah, yeah, it's about like, yeah, it's about that. But then it's also about like M and Bond and Silva and how like Silva was Bond basically once mm-hmm. upon a time, which like, give me that. Maybe, <laughs> right? Give me bisexual Spaniard 007. Mm-hmm. Please? Mm-hmm. Please? Mm-hmm. But then he turned into a super villain. He got an island. Got an empty island. Well, he emptied an island <laughs> and took it. And. And he's just like, I can do literally anything. Like, and the thing is, he he would have accomplished everything he meant to, mm-hmm. but he was his own obstacle. Yeah. He could have killed M right then and there if he'd wanted to. Yeah, he was having fun, though. Well, he... He, he had a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, even at the end. Oh, yeah. He had the opportunity. Yeah, he but he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. You, you have, have to, to kill, kill us both. both. <laughs> Oof. It's like, yeah. Yeah. She probably would have. And the thing is, he he, he did he, she she did die. Yeah, <laughs> they did both die. Uh, but yeah, like he he you know Bond put up a fight, but like he could have killed him. Yeah, he had a helicopter. Yeah, well, no, the helicopter crashed into well, yeah, the house and he exploded. Had a <laughs> At one point, he had a helicopter. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like he could have come in with more guys than that. He probably had more guys than that. Yeah. But these were just the guys he felt were necessary to bring. Yeah. He he could have brought an army. Well, he didn't want to kill Bond. He, he I didn't? don't think. No? I don't know. I think he was trying pretty hard. He thought he burned him alive in the house. Well, I think that's a bonus. Yeah. But, I mean, but what I'm saying is if his plan was to come and get just like wipe them all out. Yeah, he could have brought. Yeah, more why didn't the helicopter have a missile on it? Yeah, he could. He could have done more, and he didn't. And I get why. Like it's, that's one, so the movie can happen. Two, because <laughs> yeah, he had to have this moment. You know, yeah. it wasn't just about like it wiping, wiping them out. Yeah, yeah, it was about toying and, and like winning. Yeah, you know, it, about you know, he had to be the one to do it. He mm-hmm. had to be the one to do it. Um, and so that's great. It's very interesting. This sort of like, he had all the power, but he handicapped himself. And he's great. He's just so cute. Mad at mommy. Mad at mommy. Yeah. I, I just love him. Like, he do, he just, his mannerisms in this movie are so good. Because it is pretty femme, but yeah. not, he doesn't take it into the realm of caricature. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's very... It makes authentic. Sense. Yeah. It's authentic. It's not offensive. Yeah. To me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Your mileage may vary, but I think he's pretty great. I think I think the whole thing's pretty great. And that scene, just the first scene when we meet Silva, it's like He's like so <sighs> far away and your audience is like magnetized. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's like um It's like Frankenford coming Frankenfurter down, the, come elevator. down the elevator. Yeah, he comes down the elevator and, and you're like <sighs> Yeah, it's great. Uh, and he just has this fantastic monologue about his grandmother's island and catching rats. <laughs> it's a great metaphor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he flirts with James Bond. It was so great seeing your reaction to him. And all James this. Bond flirts back. He does. He's got to he's got to give it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I love it when he's like saying that oh mommy's been very bad and uh, Bond says she never tied me to a chair, and Silva says her loss. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like 
like offhanded. Like he's not he's not like making a joke. Yeah. He's like he he almost like says it to himself. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a great delivery. Uh-huh. Javier Bardem is very good. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Javier Bardem. <laughs> Is he's very good. <laughs> you next, you have to see No Country for Old Men. We have two copies of it. It's sitting there, and it's in my my movie oh, shelf. Oh, you never have seen it too. It. Yeah, <gasps> I got it for like five bucks one day. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Best Buy's five dollar bin. It's mm, great. Something like that. Yeah, for mine. Yeah, it's it's really good. He's extremely scary in that, and he's also very good and extremely scary in Darren Aronofsky's movie Mother. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I. I know the movie. That's a freaky movie. It's very Aronofsky. It's the most Darren Aronofsky movie Darren Aronofsky has ever made. And it's, he's got such a fun name to say. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> it's rolls off the tongue. Just rolls. Do we have recommendations? Are we done? I don't know. Do you have any, any last thoughts on this swashbuckling? I don't think so. I love swashbucklers. They're yeah. charming and fun. Uh, and it, it's just great to see, like, villains being villainous and heroes being heroic and we can just have fun with it you know mm-hmm. we can just have fun with and it and also like you love the villains they're ju- yeah that's the that's one thing that i miss so much in this time when we can't have real villains because mm-hmm. everything's going to be a twist mm-hmm. you don't get these just fun bad guys yeah you know the disney villain isn't a thing anymore yeah there's, there's no villain in Frozen 2, except for the past. The past. And like, because, yeah, because that's another one with a with a twist bad yeah. guy. Like, it's the just. the first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one is a twist bad guy. And then the second one kind of is too, because it's like, oh, our long dead grandfather was actually a villain. Who's a shit. <laughs> yeah, our long dead grandfather was a colonialist. Yeah. So, uh, it's like, all right, I get it. We like nuance, but like. Sometimes I don't want nuance. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to just be like, that fuck's awesome. Yeah. Like. Can, look at that. Look at that guy. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Singing about murdering you. It's so fun. <laughs> I miss it. And so I've been really enjoying going back. I mean, Skyfall's not that old. Um, I, you know, like some of the Pirates movies are, are fairly recent. Yeah. But like just going back like to Ken of Monte Cristo and just mm-hmm. watching a fun swashbuckle. Please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Do you have a recommendation? I don't think I do. I have one that's actually really in line with what we were talking about today. Okay. Because Patrick H. Willems just put out a video about the very cool movie, The Mask of Zorro, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've, I haven't watched since it came out. So I was like a little child. Mm-hmm. This was what, 1997? I think it was 1997. Antonio Banderas... Uh, Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta-Jones, very good stuff, and he he's just talking about how much it fucking rocks because it's just a fun swashbuckling adventure with bad guys, and it's sexy. Yeah, he has this great joke about how he's scientifically determined that in 1997, the two hottest people on the planet were Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's true. It's super true. Uh, so yeah, that's another, if you want to hear more about how swashbuckling and bad guys are fun and good, that's a great video to watch. Nothing from you? I like the new Killer song, Caution. Yeah, I need to listen to it. It's sort of in line with uh, Day and Age slash 
Sam's Town, sort of that sort of vibe, which I like because those are my two favorite albums. Yeah, I love The Killers. Yeah. I've been listening to them for a long time. All right, we're done. Bye. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates, news, and memes. Memes. Tell us about your favorite swashbuckling movies. I want to know about it. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, stay stay the the fuck fuck inside. inside.